Welcome to the Circular South Conversations, a podcast in which we build upon insights gathered and questions raised within the context of Circular South. Within the New South neighborhood of Antwerp in Belgium, the project aims to enable a more sustainable, more circular way of living among its inhabitants. By utilizing such things as smart technologies, behavioral nudging, and a blockchain reward system, the local community is supported to reduce their consumption patterns in terms of water, materials, and energy use, and drive down the generation of waste. Circular South is funded by the Urban Innovative Actions Program, an initiative of the European Union promoting pilot projects in the field of sustainable urban development. The project is led by the City of Antwerp and carried out in collaboration with project partners IMEG, Vito Energyville, Energy ID, EcoPower, Digipolis, Kingwinkle Antwerp, and Pantopicon. My name is Nick Barton and I'll be your host. Enjoy! Sarah, welcome to this podcast. Thank you for joining us from uh, from Lahti in uh, in Finland. Uh, perhaps you could take a moment to uh, to quickly introduce yourself to our listeners. Yeah. Hello, hello, all. Um, my name is Sara Vauramo. I work as the the program director for the city of Lahti, which is currently the European Green Capital this year. And we're also joined by uh, Alexi. Yes, hello. My name is Alexi Neunen. I'm co-founder of Think Tank Demos Helsinki. Uh, we work in an intersection of big societal transformations and then human experience. Wonderful. And Alexi is also my, my co-host today. So uh, thank you. Thank you for that as well, Alexi. Um, Sarah, um, you mentioned uh, Lahti being the, uh, the green uh, capital uh, Europe 2021, but you have a long history of initiatives to actually... I would say make people warm up to the idea of a more carbon neutral, more sustainable future, etc. You had carbon neutral symphony orchestras, you had a grain cluster, you had a, a foundation uh, keeping the, keeping the legs clean. There's so much been going on. Could you could you tell us a little bit more about how you got to the point where you felt like okay, we can really turn this into the green capital? Yeah, it's actually a quite quite long history that our city has been going through. With, uh, with environmental issues and, uh, well, a little bit still about our city. That's the eighth largest city of Finland with uh, 120,000 inhabitants. It's a pretty medium-sized city in Europe, one could say. And that's I would like to still emphasize actually the role of, of that size cities too, because average Europeans are living in a, in a medium-sized cities and we need to actually discuss about those and, and importance of little bit smaller cities too. But um, yeah, our, our city started the environmental work pretty early in um, late 1980s, early 1990s, uh, with um, a lot of like waste management questions. And also, like you said, um, the lake condition and the cleaning of, of nearby lakes. So that was one of the most eutrophicated lake at the time. And we started a lot with working with sort of concrete environmental questions that people were much worried about. And that was the starting point. And actually, um, well, some of us remember the uh, Rio 1992, a big uh, conference, UN conference, um, that created the global discussion with sustainable development. And later on, uh, there was also a local process called Local Agenda that was uh, that 
cities were much um, related with that, and they started introducing the sustainable development discussion with neighborhoods, with citizens. Um, and our city was one of the pioneers in Finland that also started having this sort of a quite broad agenda of a sustainability questions. And still, actually, um, during the same years, early 1990s, Finland um, had a severe economic crisis uh, at the time that was much because of the collapse of Soviet Union, but also our city was one of the trading cities for Soviet Union in 1980s. Um, so that hit very, very bad our city. So the un unemployment rate was something like 27% at the time during the same wow. years that our city actually started working with, with these questions. And I think it's actually, um, that was the start. Um, and that sort of was the, the point when we started understanding the, the meaning of, of this work to, to the future and, and potential um, it sounds like it like it was almost the perfect storm, right? On the one hand, you tried to reach for something that wasn't there yet. And on the other hand, something was being taken away from you. So it's, it, would, would you say that it, it probably helped to, um, to see the potential in the, like there was no turning back? Yeah, there was no turning back, but it was, um, I mean, it was a, a very depressive time too. And I think we didn't understand what's going to be there in the future, but we understood it that there's never going to be returning back, but, uh, but a need to create something new. And then a little bit going to the future, um, our city council um, in 2009 was the first Finnish city um, taking a very, very ambitious climate um, uh, strategy. So our, our aim was uh, to cut our CO2 emissions um, from a 1990s level um, into half by 2025. And uh, so we started working with climate questions roughly, well, 10 years ago, to, uh, 15 years ago. And what happened really was that um, actually we reached the target five years before much because of the, the fact that we just started working with all the possible, you know, um, actions that city can be doing, the energy shift, what happens with the waste management, also with traffic and mobility. And that's uh, one of the, the biggest topics that we still need to work even much more. And that's going to be a hard discussion coming also during the, the new city council, which will start in, in August. Alexi, you wanted to uh, to add something? Yeah, I mean, just to kind of uh, re-emphasize that there's been a kind of a really great timing as well. That, that I mean, there was a need of, there was a need for 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 kind of a new new narrative for for the city in a kind of a phase of a transformation. And of course, it has taken some time. And then also, how the opportunities towards carbon neutrality opened in there. I mean, from the technical technological end, how they properly opened at the at the early two thousand. 2010s, and that Lahti has been able to kind of tap those those potentials and and mm -hmm. then gain some reputation and also buy in from from citizens gradually. So I mean that, that that's been kind of a, also a matter of great great timing and a kind of also I mean timing favors those that, that are well prepared. So I have to say congratulations. Yeah, well thanks mm -hmm. a lot. And but also I mean. Um, one of the most important moments of, of doing something new has been in the middle of the crisis 
like also the 2009, as we remember, that that was the financial crisis in the global globe, and still we actually uh, managed to make new new targets and really really go towards that. So I must say that it's for for us here in Lahti that's only natural that in the middle of COVID pandemic, where the European Green Capital come and watch and see how things will evolve because of the crisis, really. And then that's the moment when, I mean, the pioneers will emerge. What, what you often see in these these uh, larger societal transitions is that th- there needs to be um, a meeting point or a sweet spot between bottom-up initiative and 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 I wouldn't say top-down governance, but but at least there needs something needs to be laid out so that others can uh, either be incentivized or or follow follow the leader. I would say. Um, how, how did this go in 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 Lafti yeah. or how how are you doing how are you doing this uh, this right now and is there a difference between how you do things now and how you did it in the early days well i i think it's i mean it's all over that we discuss so much more about the sustainability in the media and in society so there's also much more open criticism now but i i see it also as um as um healthy thing in a society that the critics are you know very openly set because otherwise they are somewhere hidden and, and you can't really really see it but what i think what's different is that um we all are sort of interested in these things now either you are mm-hmm. very very positively um positioned or then openly criticizing so um, we've had a luck to have, um, and I, I don't really talk about myself, but other, like um, our previous environmental director in 1990-2000 um, was one of the, I would say, European pioneers for sustainability, but also had an excellent people working with the city strategy and so on. So, um, like a lot of wisdoms inside of the city governance to but um, always with the, with the smaller cities, you need to have really sort of open doors for academia, for for companies, and um, sort of understanding the way, ways of co-creating things. That's hmm. um, yeah, and I, and I guess there's also this this notion of of um, I mean, there's a tendency sometimes, or or, or it's. Um, it happens that you move from one project to another, but not really find the time or the, the the right setting in order to implement what you've learned. So a lot of times mm-hmm. we see in this similar project, we noticed also in Circular South that the, uh, the city of Antwerp said, for example, we, we noticed that there are certain barriers within our organization that even though we notice them time and time again, they, 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 they're still there after all these years. And we don't really have the the structure in order to make those changes internally, or we should really find a way now to take those away so that that would be perhaps a bigger contribution uh, for a lot more initiative than just taking the learnings from a specific point of view, like, for example, the sustainability of the uh, scores, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yeah. Um, is there anything that, that Lahti did in terms of reorganizing its municipal organization in such a way that you would have less of these barriers or you would actually be more... Uh, better geared up for a sustainable future in that sense and, and different mm-hmm. kind of processes associated with it? 
if you talk about organizations, uh, the one point is that I guess there's almost always certain barriers which will create. It's, uh, I mean, no matter how you create them, it sort of just forms. Um, so it's, I, I think one, one, um, one thing that we've done here is that we've changed the organization quite often, actually. <laughs> maybe it's mm-hmm. a good, I mean, it's, it's a stress always, but it's, it may, may be still a quite a good thing. And, and for the, I mean, I've been uh, work, uh, working as the environmental director for the city, but now, now as a program program director for this year, um, but as a, as a sort of a c- civil uh, servant, as an environmental director. Um, one thing what we did really was that we actually split uh, sort of the very, very um, legislative part of that work with, uh, with the development things. So I, I had the, the possibility to actually concentrate more on the development parts and, and also for the work with, with the citizens. Um, and I think at some point we sort of realized that with many of the projects that we've been working also with um, European Innovative Action Funding, we, we also got one of those projects. They were mm-hmm. the, one of the biggest parts of, of you know, citizen-driven innovation of the whole city, really. And that was... Um, for me, that was really um, in, inspiring to understand that these can be channels for, for understanding the citizens' behavior in a, in a sort of larger perspective. Too, so. um, I, I, I would comment that actually, I would say that Lahti has had a kind of a plenty of kind of a uh, exciting experiment on how to organize these things. I mean, following following your path, Sara, uh, we've been collaborating for for a decade and, and, and you've been mastering all the, all the time the, the kind of green initiatives of, of, of City of Lahti. And uh, I recall that in the beginning you were in the mayor's office kind of uh, working for the kind of strategic initiative of, of the green city. And, and then those activities were once again reinserted in the in the kind of environmental function and and they kind of uh, revitalized that and, and brought their new elements and of course the fact that, that that you have now the foundation running the kind of a special European Green Capital Year is probably a kind of a one one way of kind of a uh, getting new spark in the in the work so that it doesn't kind of get too much into kind of a routines that it has to kind of constantly kind of reinvent mm-hmm. itself and kind of. Uh, 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 find new legitimation uh, inside the, the, the administration, also in front of people, and uh, I, I think there's there's a kind of a certain certain wisdom there there as well. Mm-hmm. That that although I mean you were talking earlier about uh, mid-sized towns and cities being a crucial factor because so many people in Europe live, live in such such places, and at the same time we know that that very many public organizations are constantly struggling with. Uh, with lack of lack of resources, so that if you have a kind of a one uh, rather limited uh, sector organi- organization uh, like an environment like environmental uh, department that doesn't necessarily get too much more resources, although the kind of uh, emphasis on on environmental sustainability grows, then it might be. I mean, the, the kind of new challenges might look impossible to achieve. But if you kind of a, can a little bit maneuver the the kind of organizational structures. Uh, 
connect different components, different parts of organization every now and then, then there might be kind of a, a possibility to, to tap new resources. And I think mm. you've been doing that great in Lahti. It, it, it reminds me of some conversations that I've had over the past few months with uh, um, the, this position that you see pop up in ever more cities, the, the chief resilience officers of, of The Hague and Milan, etc. And, and as I spoke to them, um, almost each of and when every one of them said, listen, uh, we've been placed in a position that's actually quite an artificial situation in the sense that, okay, you're chief resilience officers, which puts you in charge of something that's actually a very um, integrative issue. It's a wicked problem, uh, I, I would say, to tackle. And you're confronted with an organization that's pretty much siloed up every function that it has. And you're kind of like the, the one, one of the only transversal ones, the horizontal ones that needs to cut through all these different things. So it's, in, in a way, you're also the, the pathfinder almost through the uh, through the organization trying to change it from from within uh, would you say that that is something that perhaps also helped lati that you said okay we had this green ambition or maybe it was formulated in a different way but there was a kind of ambition that was overarching for almost every department but mm. we also had a narrative that would show us where each of the departments would link up with with the other ones, perhaps not specifically, but at least in general terms. Uh, so, kind of like the role of the vision, almost as a as a compass for for moving forward. Yeah. Well, the description with uh, um, the, the chief resilience officers mm -hmm. work that it's I I feel so familiar with their mm -hmm. pain too because it's um, that is just the, the fact house how many, many organizations work they are in a silo. And if you're the only one who has to sort of push through, that's that's very, very hard. And without um, sort of um, uh, leading uh, instruments, that's almost impossible. So we, we've never gone through this part without uh, the fact that the city strategy was much built upon the uh, the green ambitions, and we we talk about environmental city for at least ten years before we got as the European green capital, and so that was uh, that was our inner, you know, talk about ourselves. That's what mm. we want to be, and and once you sort of start building the narratives and the concrete actions, then that that starts to form the future too. So every one of us will start thinking about what what could I do as a person? Mm -hmm. what, what could my organization be doing there maybe after five years or so? You, you mentioned, Sarah, that um, there was a moment when you said uh, we needed each and every one in, in the city to to help us uh, build towards this uh, this new narrative. Um, so I can imagine it was, uh, like you, you mentioned, co-creation, you meant these different approaches actually of, of, of engaging and involving everyone, uh, not just as a means to um, to reach a goal or achieve something, but also to raise mutual awareness of, of some difficulties perhaps also. Of, of, um, would you say that... Um, that the different types of groups that you needed to reach required a different approach? Because that's something that, for example, in Circular South, we noticed, um, even though it was only a small neighborhood and still under construction, so it's um, 
having to engage students versus um, elderly couples uh, having bought a new apartment versus um, a social people living in a social housing compound. So it's, they required almost very different strategies of engagement. Um, how did you deal with that? In, or, or is that something that you recognize also in, in Lati? Yeah. Oh, definitely, yes. Um, I think we've um, started also working with different um, sort of tools and models for citizen um, cooperation uh, for a long time already, sort of just testing and trialing and, and failing and sometimes also being su successful. So we started um, creating like um, panels for, for citizens to to be more sort of engaged with the city um, actions and developments. And, and we tested different applications, but also very much like physical uh, workshops in a, in a neighborhood. Mm. They were always really inspiring. It was so good to like just face-to-face -face meet people and, and discuss about things because then you really create new bridges. Um, and that's, that's definitely something what what I miss and what all of us are missing right now, and hopefully mm -hmm. we'll have a possibility to have them soon again. Um, actually, we're going to organize one of the biggest um, discussion we ever had. This sort of um, I try to quickly tell about it. It's a sort of a model for open dialogue without argumenting, really, or or being sort of. Um, it's a way of, of having an open dialogue um, that has been created actually uh, originally in Citra, but now uh, it's, it's also a special uh, foundation that takes care of it. And we're going to actually organize a really sort of open, open dialogue um, event uh, in mid-September in Lahti about environmental things, inviting about 500 people or, and so just having the possibility to say your word and um, and to hear others without um, without saying that you are wrong and, and I'm right and it's sort of I I think that's that's very very important that there's possibility to just try to understand others a bit more um, so yeah uh, cities need to take several different approaches um, because there are so many different kind of people there and it's it's not even an age question anymore like we've seen that um, when implementing the world first personal carbon trading scheme here in Lahti uh, the last year that was an application that citizens could be downloading and it recognizes your mobility mode and you, you could gain a small benefit through cutting your own CO2 uh, emissions that was a great um, great pilot that we had but actually really sort of elderly people were also involved so that mm. I mean they are they are there also um, having the same digital uh, world as, as we we are so it's um, but people want to take part but it it needs to be quite easy um, mm. um, it's also much about just visualizing the uh, the effect. It's not like we're well, understanding that, uh, for instance, the um, 
the personal carbon trading scheme, the first um, argument for, for being part of it wasn't that I would gain benefits or like money or something, but it was mm -hmm. like understanding my own behavior uh, effects. Like by doing this, uh, by changing my daily car use to, to a bike or just walking, I could cut this and this much CO2 emissions per month. And that was the I mean, number one reason for being part mm. of it. Yeah, yeah. We we also in in the Circular South project, there um, part of the experiment was also indeed in how can we make more tangible that what people um, uh, save because that 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 I think is is, is sometimes the um, the challenge, right? Is that if you do not do something or you do something differently, how are you gonna? make that graspable for uh, for others so the way in which it was done in, in circular south was that um there were we organized quite a few challenges in terms of reducing waste or shifting your energy consumption to a specific period in time when solar energy would be generated so um and people would gain um credits for that we called them uh, circulus so that it was kind of like local currency that was created um and the whole system was linked up through through the blockchain basically you know for security transparency and and all the things that that blockchains do um and uh, indeed we also try there was quite a discussion on okay how big should the currency scheme be in order to would, would we still be incentivizing the right behavior or just making people want to gather as many points or currency as they as, i mean it's just a, a new capitalism that you're founding there so or is it something different um, so we kept it quite low. So it was more like, okay, you could get a ticket to um, to the pool, or you could get a ticket to, um, or you could um, actually uh, uh, buy a more sustainable product with it, um, uh, or get some reduction on it, etc. So there was a a range of things that was discussed on what could people do with the currency in the end. Um, but I must say, it's it. it I think we're still pretty much in an uh, in an early stage there when it comes to uh, how can you make these schemes really into something that um, add value in, in, instead of merely gamifying or being a distraction from the real bigger mm -hmm. picture, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I guess it also taps into what we said earlier. People have different incentive structures. So one person is incentivized by through the because they they really like to meet up with people and it's a, it's a uh, participating in a challenge is a way of socializing for others it's they're curious about the technology and for yet others it's no i can gain something whether it's financially or whether it's in different terms so again we have that broad spectrum indeed i i think i think we tend to think it too much through the some type of economic economic incentivizing that, that people would be eager to tap those things at the same time, the truth in, in, in most European countries is that people are wealthy and affluent enough so that they don't have to kind of run after every every uh, possible economic incentive so that if they have some other concerns, they are quite unlikely to to, to kind of uh, be motivated even by rather, rather big mm. and significant economic incentives. And then because of that, you have to be able to kind of find dual or triple benefits not only economic ones, but something that can enhance something that can grow from the curiosity towards new new things, new technologies. It can 
uh, I mean, grow from people wanting to be something, uh, enhancing their identity or belonging. We once tried uh, that with uh, with youth youth housing uh, complex or, or, or number of buildings, so that that there were similar competitions between different buildings and the actually the incentives or the the prizes were 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 handed to to different buildings so that a neighborhood could for instance get some some resource and funding for for a party that they they organize or a, or an excursion so then it would be something that they achieve together which is different type of uh, different type of incentive mechanism than just an individual or or a family gaining something so and and this is just kind of a a, a lot of a lot of handwork, lots of kind of mm. craftsmanship of kind of understanding how different people uh, react to different types of things, and uh, and and that that makes it complex issue. Mm. That that it's not one size fits all solution that, that would also uh, would all engage people in a nice way toward doing good things, but, but it has to be really really kind of a contextual uh, contextual thing, I would say. Yeah, I think you touch upon something interesting there, the contextualization, um, uh, Alexi, because there's um, there's a tendency sometimes um, to reduce things in order to make them all manageable in terms of complexity. So we say, okay, let's right. let's just talk about energy. Let's just talk about water. Let's just talk about waste or materials. Let, I mean, we split up things that are inherently actually pretty pretty much wrapped together in, in, in a much more complex way than, mm, than sometimes sure. we can explain. Um, so, and on the other hand, there's a level of abstraction that immediately enters the picture, right? Uh, we noticed, for example, in the project that one of the reasons probably why um, engaging people around um, waste or around uh, materials is because it's very tangible. It's It's very concrete uh, whether as you talk about kilowatt hours it's a very different discussion it's not meaningful we at a certain point we said well perhaps we should translate um the energy savings into something in a different metric than that and that's what you see also in a lot of the apps where they say you say that this many trees rather than uh you um, you you say you didn't consume as much uh, kilowatt hours um or uh if you shower three minutes less long, that that's how much water actually gets um, saved, rather than in terms speaking in terms of liters. So then we notice that speaking to different people, um, probably everybody has their own metric that would incentivize them more to change their behavior than others. Um, and I think we're still stuck in a logic in which we try to convene on a one-size-fits-all mm. approach. Because that we've learned through time, we mm. can get to a kind of like an economy of scale of these things, right? Sure, and, um, and also the kind of that the complexity requires some simplification so that people can get grasp of that. But, but there's no one way of kind of simplifying things. At the same time, we need multitude of multitude of uh, tools and weapons mm. Uh, mm. to kind of uh, uh, get people engaged. And I mean, the same goes with the with the, with the previous question on how do you how do you get the reactions of people? How do you get them to kind of voice out what they think? Uh, quite often, we tend to think that it's it's a matter of just getting, opening a new forum, uh, a new channel for people. 
like a kind of a, a new format of democracy. But it's probably that's not probably the, the, the right answer. We need multitude of them for different different groups for different type of context. It's difficult to translate exper- experiences in, in different contexts into into kind of a into kind of a language or way of speaking things in the same form. I mean, for instance, thinking of the politics, there are certain certain uh, ways of discussing political things. There are certain ways of kind of a certain topics that get, are, are are being translated constantly into political language, where certain other things are much, much more difficult to get translated. Whereas you can get that talk, that discourse opened in a different type of uh, 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 forum or, uh, or or a place or, or, or way of of discussing that, uh, and hence we need we need to constantly experiment on those as well. Which mm-hmm. is, I mean, coming once 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 again back to the, the 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 question of whether you have to simplify. No, not necessarily. Everything has to be simplified into one form. Things and the messages have to be simple. But you have to enable multitude of channels, multitude mm-hmm. of metrics, multitude of of, of, of of ways of kind of uh, encountering these things uh, in order to to make things move forward. Mm. And I think we we should also accept the fact that uh, we as a, as the living animals we are quite selfish in a way that we are much inter- interested about our own health, for in, for instance. So that um, many times, um, many times those are the best incentives if you can give um, some data of the health benefits, for instance, mm. created simultaneously with with environmental, uh, you know, advances too. But it's um, I think that that will, uh, if looking a little bit to the future and to the uh, starting new city council period here in Finland we got a lot of new um, new members uh, in a party called True Finn uh, which is a mm. quite conservative one and I think mm. there's a little bit afraid of, of how things will actually be there in the cities but I think when when really starting to talk about the health effects and the facts how the climate is really changing and how we need to understand um, impacts of that to the nature, uh, to the health, to the food production and so on. There is no arguments uh, opposing to the to the needs for doing mm. these actions anymore. So they're sort of creating also new, um, new common ground for this mm. discussion. I, I, I think um, it, it brings to mind also something that we encountered during the the project is that uh, if you want people to move to to action, um, that those actions often also in some cases still need to be enabled. I mean, the, the possibility thereof. Let me explain myself. So, for example, talking to students um, living in a student home there on the um, uh, in, in the neighborhood. What we realized in talking to them is that they said we're very much in for, uh, for example, uh, dealing with waste differently, but we just don't have the option. Why? Because in our rental contracts, um, actually the owner of the building 
has already struck a deal with uh, a private company to take care of the waste. So instead of separating the waste, we just need to put everything together in one bin, whereas the rest of the city and the country needs to separate things. And 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 we know that from our home situation, they said, but we, we're just not allowed to do this here because we're uh, because there's a different, for probably economic reasons, a different deal has been struck. So that kind of choice has been taken away from us. In, um, in social housing, for example, you also see that in order to keep information digestible, um, some things are simplified to the point that you're actually undesigning choices, behavioral choices from the system. Um which which led to to some discussions also between the the partners and the project as to the point at which you want uh, also in terms of technology, for example, you want technology to take the decision for you, or you want technology merely to um, to support you in making the decision, yeah, but you leave the control or the agency with with the person. Now, having said that, of course. Not everybody wants to have full agency for every choice at every moment in their lives. Otherwise, we would be, well, we would not be living our lives like we're living them now, right? Um, but there, there's some kind of like a, like a balance at, at, at stake here. Um, do you feel, Sarah, that is that something that you recognize also from your from your work you know, with, uh, with the communities? That, that having the, uh, requiring action versus having the choice is sometimes still a, Two different things. Yeah, definitely. But I, I guess it's much about also um, having this argument that the environmental choices are mostly made by um, people that are actually in a societal level doing quite well, mm. which is just I, I, I guess when looking at our city, that's that's not a necessity. That that's the fact actually. Like we started much with. Um, here uh, with the work with societal housing company also um, they've been really really active creating sort of also incentive for their um, for their um, residents to uh, sort their waste and to cut their water use um, and because um, I think here um, well Lati was for a long time it was also one of those rather large cities without university but now we we are having it and and it's mm-hmm. starts to grow as well but it's sort of a background of our our city was also that we are not so educated here as as in many other cities and what i felt when moving to here i i originally i've been uh, born in in helsinki region but i moved here i started understanding that that was a sort of a um that was the wisdom everyday wisdom that that people had here even without the education they knew about waste sorting and they knew the sort of the they understood uh the meaning of that and uh, i think that was really interesting uh to, to see that that's they are really proud of it it too um and i think that that has been a great thing for our our development that city started working with all the different um, citizen groups in the early early years um, without um, actually sort of large funding for for making these actions. Um, 
So many of them can relate to the cleaning process of the, of the lake and, and the waste sorting things as well. Well, I, th I think what's interesting about something like the lake is 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 it's um it's a common good and a common interest in a way, right? You cannot retract within your own apartments or houses. The lake is always going to be there for all of you to exactly. either enjoy yeah. or be burdened by, no, depending on the condition it's in. So, sure. um, do you? Th some, sometimes it feels like. Um, It, it it feels almost like a lot of communities have almost been stripped. A lot of this this common interest or common ground has almost been literally stripped away from them by whether it's development or it's it's something else. But I feel like something like a natural element, like a lake, etc., can really. And, and Antwerp, we had it with the river um, mm -hmm. right next doors of the of the neighborhood. Um, yeah. It, it 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 creates a bond almost beyond that that goes beyond the the personal or the, mm -hmm. the family interest or whatever. True. Yeah, I guess that's you know that's always really important to have such a common common story mm -hmm. for the area, something larger uh, than your life. Yeah, and no, I I think now I mean what is a challenge, or the kind of uh, also the kind of ingredient for the for the coming actions is that that, that we do have that kind of a success story already mm -hmm. that that we managed to do quite lots of good things quite lots of lots of things that we already achieved i mean lot especially but number of other towns and cities all over the europe with with, with kind of a, uh with lakes and rivers that that are in much much better shape than they were uh, I mean, 60s, 70s, 80s, and even even early 90s, which can probably showcase that that there are ways of of, of kind of uh, um, improving the quality of these common resources. Things that have been discussed widely at some point now they should be just discussed as a as a things that that showcase the, the success that we mm -hmm. we have ways of kind of uh, coping with such. Uh, uh, such challenges um of course now for the coming coming decades the challenges will be much more much much more global so it's not a kind of only a regional uh a challenge or things that you would share among the the the, the, the community that you have mm -hmm. geographically around you but i mean i think we, we we are still looking for ways of kind of uh, converting those narratives that that we had as a success stories as as kind of a previous uh, really challenging situations into something that that can uh, help us to kind of overcome the, the kind of great global mm -hmm. global challenges that we are now facing. Yeah, with with a climate change challenge, but also the, the challenge with natural resources. They are like their scale is so huge uh, in mm -hmm. comparison to to lo local um, environmental questions. That I mean, it's 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 hard to get. Um, Hard to get sort of a very positive narrative only. That's that's always sort of. Yeah. One thing I think that that um, uh, I mean, you touch upon the element of of scale, um, Alexi. I think that's a yeah something that we probably don't talk enough about. Huh? What what is the the right scale to 
to tackle things or scales? How do you connect one scale to another? Um, I think cities are, I mean, for the coming decades, probably ideally placed because they're close enough uh, physically, but also uh, politically and in terms of governance to deal with a lot of the issues rather than perhaps even national governments, et cetera. But you need both. Huh? Um, how would, is, is there a way um, in which you, uh, Sarah and, and, and Lati, look at, at scaling also from taking lessons learned from, from one experiment uh, and replicating it in, in, under different, in different contexts. I mean, I, I always find, find replicating or scaling it a, different, a, a difficult term because every environment requires its own uh, recipe probably. Um, but is there a way in which you feel like you're moving from one level of scale in some cases to another and even beyond Lati as a, as a, as a, mm -hmm. as a municipality? Um, I think we've been doing the scaling um, or maybe replicating at least, um, like also with, with the, the success stories with waste and, mm. and water questions. Um, we've been working um, a lot with other cities to, for helping them to replicate some of the models that we've been creating also for the organizations. Like we have a special dedicated um, foundation that only takes care of the, the lake management yeah. things and, and the like uh, uh, foundation yeah 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 and uh companies are much involved with that and it's sort of a success story with creating also um a funding uh from other than only public resources for that um so like i mean in south africa some cities have been taking our examples and we've worked a lot with uh, St. Petersburg. Of course, I mean, they have as much people living there in a one city that whole Finland has, so it's, it's scaling up <laughs> a lot. Uh, but also we have learned from them. Like uh, um, next September, there will be again a local environmental week here in Lahti. Maybe that's like the 23rd time here. But we actually took the model from the St. Petersburg in 1990s uh, somewhere. And they had this sort of a one week dedicated only for environmental discussions and events. And, and we replicated that to our city. And um, I discussed with uh, civil servants from St. Petersburg some years ago how they are doing their environmental work uh, week. And they said that they are not having it anymore. So it was sort of proud to tell that that's going to be a 20 it's time for us to have it and thanks thanks for sharing the model <laughs> it has been successful and they're separate not having it <laughs> yeah they are they are doing as well um so it's sort of i mean it's always very much contextual dependent um many of course many even physical things are so mm. so so difficult to to replicate um but many organizational problems but also solutions could be commonly based. Mm. And I still want to actually emphasize one quite interesting event that will be there uh, in early October. Uh, so 20th of September and 1st of October, there will be a virtual Urban Future Conference um, that takes place also in Lahti, but, but in Brisbane as well. Um, 
And that, that will be about sharing some of these solutions and models that, that we created cool. here, but also uh, we introduced these um, old, um, old grandmas and grannies of the whole environmental movement of Lahti to be part of it. So they will have their personal viewpoints also uh, showcased there. So that will be a pretty interesting um, event to take part in. Mm. I find it interesting to hear also the, the lengths that you go through in terms of doing the storytelling around, as Alexi mentioned, the success. It. Now that we have the example, we can do it. We can no longer say that it's too difficult or it's impossible or whatever. And so you you show that. But there's also how to make things perhaps physical also in, in, in urban space uh, of some of the, uh, not just achievements, but even ongoing things. Um, as well as the the people putting them in the spotlight, uh, mm-hmm. I think those are three. I think very valuable ingredients when it comes to um, to doing the storytelling around it, which is in itself um, a catalyst for for change. You could say. Is yeah, that something that you recognize, um, uh, Alexi, as well, or Sarah first, perhaps? Yeah. Go ahead, Alexi. Yeah, I think I think we need. Need different types of kind of a science, science. I mean, both social and cultural science as well as as, as kind of a physical science for people to kind of indicate that something is changing mm. and that we've achieved something, but that we are getting forward. So I, I think it's overall a question that uh, that there has to be. I mean, that the urban development has to have some physical elements as well. That um, I mean things that, that, that indicate the change. I mean, whether new pieces of infrastructure or whether more of a kind of a simple pieces of art, perhaps something something that that, that, that really kind of uh, remind people constantly uh, of the of the new things and, and, and changes. I mean, it, you could say it's part of marketing, but it's much, much more than that. It's it's way of building your, your, your identity and, and kind of connecting these rather mundane things that, that people people are thought to kind of perform in their everyday life or, I mean, even create a decisions, political decisions that, that might somehow affect people, that, that, that people encounter them in, in, in different ways and that they see them, those things, those things in other environments than just reading, reading the newspapers or, 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 mm. or perhaps in their, in their kind of, uh, in their homes. But if they see certain things in, 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 in kind of urban spaces as new, new pieces of infrastructure, new uh, tram lines, new types of buildings, uh, I mean, even, in, even new waste collection systems. That's a that's way of kind of a really reminding people and, and keeping them uh, engaged, I would say. Mm. Yeah. I think we, we often have sort of an... Um, Similar, same image of, of environmental or sustainable cities, sort of a quite picturesque, beautiful cities. Um, but sorry, um, but what is quite quite interesting is that when you come to Lahti, Lahti is not like that at all. It's sort of a, it's a quite um, rough city in in a way, um, and and it's. Um, a little bit maybe um, 
it somehow um, um sorry i got a phone call it's, um so i think it sort of mixes our minds a bit because uh it doesn't look like the the city that we think the green cities would be but it's still uh, uh, quite nearby the climate neutrality um a lot of like circularity innovations water management and i think it's it's um it's very very good that we get also different kind of um images of the cities that will work towards sustainability also sort of industrial background cities with maybe new kind of um leadership or new kind of solutions um i think it's becoming more interesting when other kind of images of of sustainable cities will start to also emerge um not only maybe those that we've been thinking so far Yes, of course. When you when you start building a neighborhood from from scratch, it's it's still pretty easy to make the the final image blend in with with whatever you put in the marketing brochure, right? Um, but then when people start living there, of course, the the image comes alive as well. One of the interesting um, things that that occurred, for example, in the past few weeks, is one of the initiatives of the Circular South project was also to let the people set up. Um, or engage them in a in an energy um, cooperative. So um, initially, the intention was to to install uh, large solar installations on the roofs of the buildings. But of course, then you have to deal with permits, and permits requires everyone in the building to be uh, to agree upon it, which is of course not a, not an easy thing. You would uh, so people say, why didn't you put since you're building a new building, why didn't you put them up there already? Uh, instead of going through this procedure now. So that's something to keep in mind for next time. Um, or you want to place battery equipment in the in the basements, a similar discussion. So, but but there's also, for example, the uh, some of the buildings have roof gardens and there's a, a building designed by Stefano Boeri, who everybody knows from the, the vertical garden in, in Milan. So um, uh, vertical forest, eh? il bosco verticale. In Milan, um, and then you have uh, a wonderful insertion by um, by the landscape architect, by Basmets, actually to to connect the living areas, actually to have wadis and gardens and everything. And um, some of the people said from the energy cooperative, of course, they're going to have um, they earn money every year that they need to spend on on some project, so they can either reinvest it in energy-related projects, or they can reinvest it in something for the neighborhood. So it's actually a, a mini-economy that you started that way. And, what, and so they had to decide a few weeks ago upon what are the kind of like things that we would like to invest the money in. And one of the things that came up was actually the trees that were planted. And everybody thought, well, that's weird. And they said, no, because we see a lot of the new trees actually dying in the garden. So we see the ones on the terraces and in the buildings, they're, they're still fine for now. But we see the ones that have been actually put in the soil that are that are actually suffering. So we want to do something about that. Um, and so what I find interesting there is that you start seeing that it's not just about these these big moves. It's not just about stick, staying within one domain of interest or um, 
or, or one energy or one energy flow or another. Uh, so they started connecting the energy question implicitly, all, almost with the environmental question and the green net question. So it's it's very uh, nice to see that once these static images come alive, you get very different dynamics. Um, but of course, it's only made possible because some form of agency has been instilled or installed because of this energy cooperative, because you gave them the agency to do something. Mm. Um, how important do you feel is it enabling and empowering people to be able not just to take initiatives in, in terms of dropping an idea in an idea box, because that's something that a lot of things get reduced to, mm. but actually in, in empowering them by setting up structures that can facilitate this change in the longer term? Yes, of course. That's that's very very important. That that's um that's also the ways uh, cities can be um, working at their best because cities are doing things for for long term always. Um, so it's possible to create um, a sort of a platform for for longer term uh, co creation and really implementing also those. Um, one of the things what we did um, last last year was that uh, well it was sort of a, a, a drop your idea to the box but then we wanted to sort of also vote for them and really implement the project so there was a dedicated budget for this, that kind of um, citizen driven projects and we then really um, created maybe five of them um, this spring but now it's going to be even larger um budget for this co-creation project um and it, well it's also then a lot of also uh about the, the planning uh longer term planning approaches that cities always have like for the urban planning um one of the interesting models is that uh, um, the master plan of, of our city so um the city council has a four years period here in Finland. And when the new council starts, they also make some shifts to the city strategy. And then we start also the, the whole city level master plan. So we actually look physically at the whole city as a structure. And then that's a possible, that's, there's always a possibility to, to take some certain themes and go deeper with that like with the climate change adaptation last round and also urban mobility, I think we'll look at the ecosystems this time deeper. Um, and what we do is to actually, we try to work with um, with the neighborhoods to have this sort of a longer term discussion about city development mm. as, as a whole. And I was quite skeptic at first how people would be attracted for this. It's sort of a quiet abstract discussion anyway but they are when it's um when it's done there nearby their own mm. like living neighborhoods then people are those are the, the discussions that people are most interested i think um so we created some workshop models for, for taking the citizens very deeply into the into the future plannings of, of each neighborhood actually and there will be now 
also for sort of round tables for certain certain neighborhoods that will now test and try um, for this next four years. Mm -hmm. I think I think there there are several several levels or several reasons why we have to go towards really engaging people more and, and providing them more opportunities of kind of a really shaping and designing, co-designing the, the, the structures. First is, of course, the kind of uh, the conditions of the contemporary democracies and, 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 and any, any public systems that unless we allow enough opportunities for people to have their, uh, raise their voice and, and say what they think, these plans will politically backfire at some, some point. We, that's a kind of compulsory thing mm. nowadays. But that's only the kind of a first step. Uh, I mean, we have the long tradition of kind of a certain type of physicalism in in, in kind of a, uh, in, in planning, in planning whatever type of spaces or structures, which kind of a, assumes that physical structures will then shape also other other mm. parts of, of life and lifestyles and eventually how people think of those things so once you get to impose new structures for instance i mean waste waste management systems is a good, good fine example that, that once you have certain structures there that will shape people's behavior gradually but i think it's not not enough in the the level of detail is not uh, deep enough in the contemporary society you have to kind of have also the kind of a Cognitive side there, you have to have the identity part there in place, which requires that there are there are kind of a, I mean places uh, for uh, for for people to kind of uh, explain what they think, how these things should be implemented, uh, which make might make them much much more effective. Without that level of detail, they will quite often uh, fail and become just the obstacles for for true change and then the third third level i would say is that i mean thinking of the i mean people as as the fundamental resource resources of of our society with i mean educated intelligent motivated uh, agents who who can kind of also invent new things and no organization ever will have enough human resources to match that resource that we have, if we can start kind of really uh, and truly co-create those solutions and make them much, much more efficient. And uh, I think there's a great change and shift in the way we think of, for instance, public organizations, which were thought to, to operate from top down, a little bit from distance. Uh, mm. I mean, uh, uh, planning, designing, and then implementing, and then letting letting people and communities to live the way they they live and, and kind of use those those new structures and, and, and new tools. But I, I would say that nowadays we have to think increasingly, I mean, any civil servant, any person who is somehow engaged in the, in the kind of a change of a, of a neighborhood or a community, uh, as spending a lot of time with those communities, really, really constantly listening and, and living with them and, and a kind of understanding those resources, those wishes, those plans, uh, those long-term ambitions that that people truly have there, without without which you, you cannot get those uh, those resources in use, and and you will kind of uh, uh, create lots of lots of things that will 
become obsolete without without truly kind of a sharing sharing the intentions and plans with, with with people, and that that will be a tremendous change, really, in the kind of a very many professions. Sarah, do you feel that there is certain aspects of this kind of walking this long road that are um, often left? Um, uh, underappreciated or not talked about enough. What are what are some of the things that you feel like if you talk about this uh, tr transition towards the more sustainable or the more circular city is something um, and we've touched upon a lot of aspects. Are there some aspects that you feel like we don't touch upon enough? Um, I think it's it's the fact of being here in this in this um in this current moment doing the the actions that are needed for today, for the fact that it's actually, it is always very, very hard to make changes. And we see it also here with, with mobility, which is the, the biggest change that we need to do here. Our mm -hmm. city started growing 1960s, 70s, heavily with the, with the same years when the, the car usage started hmm. to increase as well. So that was part of our DNA, I think, being a very car-oriented American-style city. And so the change that we now do with completely transforming the mobility, um, with introducing a lot of new electric buses, electric um, car uh, or car sharing and bike sharing systems, uh, changing the, the urban spaces a lot, uh, the city center, that transformed the, the city's identity, I think, a lot. And that, that creates a lot of hard discussion now. And we need to be sort of facing that in the same time when we are also mm. uh, sort of, you know, world pioneers in sustainability, but the actual concrete work with with making the new actions is as hard as it has ever been. And I think that's, I mean, often that is the case in cities. But in this certain time, we, we don't, we can't see all the benefit, what, what these actions will further bring and how happy we are with actions that, that are, I mean, previously taken. We can enjoy mm. the lake, enjoy many of the, benefits but the actions now will also create them but for many it's, it's hard to see so what i would like to say is that um it's okay to be frustrated sometimes but yeah. we we as a working with uh with this sustainability trans transformations um hmm. for us it's so important to be internationally connected sharing this um, all these also hard, hard moments of being mm. uh, transformative actors there. Um, for me, that's the that's the fire of this work that keeps me going. Also, Absolutely. hearing the stories from other cities. That that difficulty that you point towards now, Sarah, isn't it also? I mean, we also often say there's. There's an imagination deficit. Uh, there's a there's a, a there's a need, a desperate need to stimulate the collective imagination in order to make people 
get a grasp on what is what is possible, right? Mm. Um, so that they know that okay, we can imagine our own position and our own role into that in in that new image of what the future might might be like. And I know you've been doing also some work on that, um, uh, Alexi. Um, so, wh- what do you do in order to to stimulate that collective imagination in in Lati? Well, that's really one part of this co-creation, as I was talking for for trying to build. Um, we can't do it like, like from the city side only. We need to build it together somehow. And it's it would be so sort of easily done only with architectural images. But that's like, that's, um, that's too vague. People can't believe on that. They need to sort of feel it, taste it carry it um and it's hard to you know hard to create images strong enough you need to actually see the changes that have been made so for our politicians what we do is to we travel to places where they have been doing more sustainability urban actions than here to understand it to really you know feel you take them on a safari yep yeah. Uh, for the citizens, what what is needed? One goes to our harbor area, which is completely walking and bicycling area, and you can feel it. And then I said, we've done it here in the, in the harbor. Why can't we do it in the city center? I don't know. Make it really sort of easier for people to follow the possible pathways. But still, it's about how we actually then utilize the new spaces, mm. how people are taking them. How, how active can people be? And that's, I mean, I'm slightly worried about the the Nordic society of making people too passive, because then I think that's that's a cultural change also with uh, Central Europe and here. So that it takes, we have to push them a bit more to actually utilize the, the urban space a bit more mm. creatively. We are too polite here. Hmm. It's 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 funny because it's it's a discussion that um, we often have as um, if we we compare projects that uh, my colleague is working on in in Milan, for example, with with projects um, of uh, use of uh, public space here in uh, in Belgium versus in, in Copenhagen or perhaps even in in your areas. Uh, how how culturally different indeed the use of of space is, huh? um, but could you elaborate a little bit more, Sarah, on on this this cultural shift that is necessary? Because I have the feeling that it goes beyond just the public space issue. It goes it goes actually into okay, if you have a society that's very caring for you in in, mm-hmm. in some way, it's 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 also pampering you in another way, depending exactly. on which perspective you look at it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and if we really say that we need everybody's action, it's not just the follow the leader kind of action. It's also the initiative. It's also the sometimes going against the grain and 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 perhaps doing some things differently and showing that it's possible as well. Mm-hmm. Could you elaborate a little bit on how you view it from from the Finnish perspective? Yeah, well, I I, I traveled actually to to Estonia some like one week ago and and. What it really was visible that they are in a different position as we are here in Finland. I mean, the crisis times 
are so much more in their in their um in their skin in a way um and i think personally and that's i i think we need to have tougher times also to make people more active we've been doing here for maybe almost too good for for some time so that's um we start to come you know very passive um and just complaining about things and and we should have the energy to to put that to to make small things in in your own own neighborhoods maybe create new companies i i would love to see more actions i think we we need to have sort of this kind of covid crisis times for people to wake up seriously we should organize another one next year <laughs> no well maybe different one then yeah some some, some different characteristics probably i mean I, yeah, I think we have crisis yeah. week so yeah. we can organize the new crisis every yes. year <laughs> well i i think i think what what happened at some point especially in, in nordic countries that i mean people started having rather good Good life. I mean, they were. I mean, the the, 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 the societies and states put lots of effort in kind of ensuring people have good living conditions inside their homes, with all the kind of, of course, the kind of technological development of, of, of TVs and, and computers and all other gadgets that we have at homes. Means that people started being rather kind of inwards, inwards looking kind of a, lots of things happening inside their homes, which is of course the thing all over the world but especially in the in, in the countries like 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 ours which have lots of lots of resources in, in, in that aspect and then with that with the, of course the kind of a cold winters and so on the kind of uh, urban spaces common spaces were not necessarily the most favorable uh domains for for, for doing nice things and uh i think the younger generations has has taken taken new new stance on that over the over the past decade We've seen plenty of new types of, of activities taking place in public public spaces mm-hmm. that have in, in have invigorated cities. I think we have totally different types of uh, entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurial activities, totally new types of small small and medium sized companies that are also changing uh, urban life by, by by introducing new types of of services and really really making that true so it's not only kind of uh the 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 the, the public uh public organization doing changes nor big companies doing changes but, but i mean things that have really faces i mean people who are behind those those new things that also increase the the the, the excitement of uh, of cities and our life Uh, overall, but at the same time, we have to re- remember that I mean, city of Lahti, as most of the, the cities and towns in Finland, as many other regions in Finland are aging. So, the majority of population are turning mostly to another direction, where they mm. are looking for care and comfort more than they did in mm. the past. And that's mm. a kind of a so the kind of a landscape, social and cultural landscape, is also changing. To that direction and in order to to kind of uh, uh, to make our uh, societies to slow down totally we have to kind of a bit more emphasis mm-hmm. on kind of uh, encouraging those encouraging those people who are willing to kind of organize more things uh, as as urban activists or as urban entrepreneurs mm-hmm. yeah but, but but even there I think yeah Alexia if, if I remember um, 
just rewinded my mind to 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 some of the encounters we had with with some of the elderly couples moving into the the new south neighborhood uh, when we asked him for example to think about new kinds of um services they would like to have in the neighborhood a lot of times they said well we don't need new stuff definitely because we got everything new as we moved here so the apartment is brand new uh the the old furniture is gone uh we have a lot more comfort that's all fine but when our grandchildren visit where can we go with them beyond the apartment um uh, where can we go with them when it's when it's raining? Uh, what what kind of activities does the neighborhood offer? Um, uh, and so, I, one of the things we did is we, we we challenged them a little bit by saying, okay, what what would you do in order to change that instead of asking us to provide it? Huh, basically, mm-hmm. and one of the things I said, well, uh, I said, can you imagine yourself? giving away some of your life experience somehow and sharing that. How would you do that? And so one lady said, well, I've been, um, I've been uh, making wedding dresses all my life. So whether it's, whether it's making clothes, I said, there's plenty of young people that are very interested in, uh, I mean, they go through all the thrift stores to, uh, to pick up secondhand clothing and they like to, to adapt it to their own style or whatever. So perhaps that's, that's a kind of activity that you could develop. And so, we're thinking about it. it's it's much more in supporting them to come up with these um, to make that first step towards hey you can do something as well it's not and a lot of them also said to us it's not because we're 75 or 80 that everything should be dead and boring here mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean we're still we're still alive that's what some mm-hmm. of them literally said um, so in I mean we had a similar example um, here in the in the city where I live where they've they've built a, a new place for clearly aimed at an, an elderly population. But if you start putting the wheelchair shop underneath and the doctor underneath and a very old-fashioned kind of bar underneath, it just breathes um, on the way out, basically. It doesn't say this is an area for everyone to live. This is a living area. It's pretty much... Uh, and I think that's sometimes the mistake that we make also. Uh, we had a similar discussion when talking about the role of technology. Should it only provide comfort? We said, no, perhaps in some cases it should be smart discomfort. Perhaps that's the trigger for some behavioral change or some changes in the city. Uh, it's it's almost like a speed bump that can lead to a completely different behavior in uh, in a living uh, living area uh, or in a neighborhood. Or a park can, uh, with uh, not just a bench, but... Uh, Whatever furniture you can you can rent to have family parties or whatever leads to a different kind of dynamic. So it's like invigorating our, uh, our the context in in in, in which we live, uh, but in such a smart way that it actually uh, stimulates a certain kind of behavior versus uh, de-incentivizes yeah. another. I think is is almost crucial in the yeah. in that. Indeed, I think I think we've had way too rigid rigid categories of, of your agency over there that is either that, that, that you are a service user or you provide mm-hmm. service or you are the one who's uh, providing infrastructure but I, I think it has to be a kind of a combination of these things and I mean actually that could happen with the kind of all the, all the digital tools that kind of make it much much more Absolutely. accessible and, and kind of a, 
uh, enable different types of roles and, and co-creation. But I mean, they're the kind of a really, they're kind of a, it's not only cultural things, but also it's kind of economic structures might be a little bit rigid mm. and lagging behind in creating new business models or new concepts for, for different types mm. of organizations to, to provide something new. Although we've been kind of a, experienced all this excitement around the kind of a, mm. the different mm-hmm. types of digital services, but they've been hard and difficult to translate into very many traditional fields. But I, th- I think it is yeah. indeed what you mentioned. It's about the, the, the rigidity of the categories. I mean, we, um, I remember when we had the early discussions in, in Circular South about what the, the circularity center, as we called it back in the days, would have to be. And so we had a, uh, one of the project partners, um, uh, King Winkle, that uh, started um, uh, a new center in the neighborhood, basically around not just secondhand stuff, which is what they're mostly uh, known for, uh, but they actually wanted to provide a kind of a platform for different types of uh, activities and products and services in the area. So they opened up kind of like a, you could say almost a, an incubator for a circular services going from a flower shop to uh, people fixing furniture to repair shop for bicycles to a wine shop to everything. So, and there's kind of also a, um, uh, should I say, a very there's an there's an interesting dimension of temporality involved. Uh, it feels like some of these things they can change overnight. Uh, the flower shop after a while might say, "Hey, wait a minute." I wander out and I'll, I'll I'll find another spot for my, for myself. But uh, then there will be room for some some uh, some different kind of activity. So also there the rigidity in terms of we need to fill the plinths within the buildings. No, we don't need to fill the plinths in on a permanent basis. We don't need to go for that economic model of of, of real estate, uh, etc. We can easily also work with with a food truck or we can work with. Uh, a street theater company that sets up its it stands here for a while. So there's there's plenty of things you can do on a temporary basis on which is much more light footed than than another one. But sorry, uh, Sarah, I interrupted you. You wanted to reflect on the, on, on the mm, yeah, side. just about the cultural fact with uh with the older generation. At least here in Finland, those those people are also much doing the vol- voluntary working. I mean, they are they are the, the most active parts of the society working voluntarily based. So that's definitely a, a fact that we should be using even more or having a potential there. In Lahti, um, we created a model with, with the kindergartens and schools where the um, sort of educated um, older people that were retired and, and seeking for something interesting, they had a possibility to work as the environmental grannies or grandpas for the, the schools. So cool. taking voluntarily kids to the to the forest, of course, with their, you know, with a teacher too, but they had a specific knowledge about certain topics. So they had the possibility to, to be still really sort of active and, and they were so much weight. Uh, the kids were really, really happy with that. So it's sort of um, it's a very, very low-hanging fruit for many cities to have this kind of ways of working with with uh, retired parts of, of our society too. Mm. Yeah, but it's it, it's like all of these small things together, right? That that's what makes the the recipe work. It's it's not about one single ingredient, 
being done extremely well, it's about the whole of the of the thing. So it's 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 also about besides infrastructure, it's also about activity. Indeed, it's also about uh, complementarity in terms of of needs and what what people can offer. Um, yeah, definitely. So as we're almost uh, coming to an end of our. Uh, conversation that I feel could go on for hours like this, <laughs> exchanging these uh, these ideas. Um, Sarah, what are, what are some of the things that you would like to um, suggest, like others that would like to engage into, in initiatives like this, that would like to um, come up with projects or, or work on some of the topics that, uh, that you and I and our partners worked on, that you feel like a that's something that you should think about before you start. Hmm. Well, I don't know if I'm a really person to say such um, such word. Because um, I'm in the cities and, and the circumstances are so different. It's but maybe looking at the, the you know current biggest challenges, it's all, it's always good to to hmm. really um go deep with that and it's it's then also straining with the critics that will emerge um once starting to do to do this introducing these changes but like um you've been successful having the urban innovative actions projects um so we we did had also that in in Latvia and there will be uh, so much more funding possibilities also within this new becoming EU funding mm -hmm. scheme and um, so there's no lack of resources in Europe uh, it's more about creating really innovative schemes um, gladly also many cities are sharing their their ideas so it's, mm. it's much about maybe also copying like we should be doing it here here as well <laughs> A lot more even I been I don't know no no clear words for me <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think the message is very clear it's like yeah like like pick up whatever you can, can get and get get to work basically it's uh there's, there's like you say there's no lack of resources there's no lack of uh right. challenges either so it's it comes down to initiative and and start to to work Alexi yeah I mean uh, I started by saying that 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 that, that Lahti has been benefiting of, of good good timing, but behind that great timing, there's been kind of a lots of collective imagination. That that, that I mean, mm. once you do that uh, in a constant manner, once you have those, I mean, you have the ambition of uh, of, of kind of a thinking big and thinking of the things that are at the moment beyond your reach. Then when the, the timing comes you will identify the resources, I mean, both financial resources, you find the, the technological uh, opportunities there. You've been thinking within a kind of a, a creative group, those things already, and, and then you can really tap those funding, funding resources and all the other things. Uh, so it really favors, favors those people who have been prepared. And I mean, having different type of activities of collective imagination is really the key. And I, I think that, that I mean, Lahti has had enough, uh, I mean, uh, 
clever, uh, committed people doing that uh, over the past three decades. And I mean, I, I think the next next stage or the, the stage where, where, where the city of Lahti is and many, many other 400 cities and regions are, is that there will be even a greater number of people involved in, in, in doing that uh, collective collective imagination exercises. At the moment, we are working with City of Lahti or about to start a process of kind of a testing uh, 1.5 degree lifestyles with, with number of families, which I think is once again an exercise in, in, in kind of a, mm-hmm. uh, 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 spurring different types of people to think what the world would look like in the in the course of of next decade or so, which will initiate a number of, of, of new new things, uh, new actions that can initiate a new phase uh, in, in the longer longer historical process of kind of a transforming societies into into circular and sustainable mode. Awesome. Thank you, uh, both of you, for joining us uh, for this fascinating conversation. I'm sure, Thank like you. As, as you mentioned, there's a there's still a long road uh, a road ahead, but uh, we also have some great examples to build upon. And, and today, uh, Sarah, you've definitely showed how how Lahti has a, a fantastic uh, source of inspiration as well for uh, for many others uh, around the world. So thank you for sharing. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a great conversation.